Someone had to have sex for Santa Claus to be born. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of an interesting discussion sometimes. Today, we have another installment of Summer Sessions, where we have a returning guest bring on a new guest with them. Today, in that case, our returning guest is Swati, my girlfriend, and she brought on her best friend, Jimmy. Uh, Swati, take it away. You want to introduce yourself to the podcast, and then Jimmy can go next. Hi, everyone. I'm Swati. Um, I don't really know what to say, but I have Jimmy on here today, and I think he'll do most of the introducing. Hi everyone, um, my name is Jimmy. Um, like Karun said, I'm Swati's best friend. We actually uh, met freshman year of college. I'm currently a second year medical student at um, Loyola University Chicago. And yeah, originally from California. All right. Nice. Wait, I actually thought you were from Canada. Was I wrong? I've, I, I'm from a lot of places. Um, <laughs> Swati's never said that, but um, I actually was born in China. I um, Spent two years in Iowa after that, and then spent three years in Canada, mm. and then lived five years in Texas, and then um, California is like the most recent place that I've lived. Mm. So I spent kind of like what four about or Chicago? five. Chicago, I guess Chicago. Yeah, that's where <laughs> I live right now. But before that, I lived in um, Northern California for four to five years, and then I went to school at UCLA for four mm. years, and then. Or, and then lived there for my gap year and then came to Chicago for medical school. So I've mm-hmm. been in Chicago for about a year now. Mm-hmm. So road traveler, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. Well, I'm glad you and Swati met at uh, UCLA because, well, Swati, you have a good story of how you first met Jimmy, right? I do, yeah. The most memorable oh story. Okay, so oh it's okay. We're out, of, we're out of college now. He's not trying to get an RA position, so I can tell it. But... Um, <laughs> Jimmy and I first met, I think probably our first week of college. I was in the lounge of our, like, our floor, each of our floors had, like, Mm -hmm, study lounges. mm -hmm. So I was in there, like, trying to learn how to, whatever, thermodynamics or whatever. And Jimmy was in there with our other friend, Kat. Mm -hmm. And he was teaching her chemistry, like, chemistry the subject, not the other chemistry. Um, but so like the whole first quarter, that's like the only exposure I had to Jimmy. I would just see him in the lounge teaching cat, or I would see him taking his bird to, to class or taking his bird back from class Yo, or b- whatever. Bird scooter, bird scooter. Just to like, bird scooter. Yeah, bird scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like <laughs> a fucking duck. He's taking you know? his like exotic, like emo I did not, class. I did not have, yeah, I did not have like a special bird or something yeah. like that. That would be he's crazy. Just, he's like riding an ostrich to class or something. <laughs> imagine, imagine what the fucking CDC would say to that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. And I can show me on my ass. <laughs> on your ass or on the bird's ass? All right. <laughs> Anyways, so this was all of Jim. This was the only Jimmy I experience first quarter and then there was one day second quarter where I don't remember if I was coming back from class or I was coming back from going out but I was walking into my dorm and it's like dead silent in the hallway and all of a sudden I hear this like slam Mm -hmm. and I looked over like to the end of the hallway and the door like at the very end of our dorm floor just swung open and like a second later Jimmy's head just pops out and he has the most crazed face like crazed (laughs) look on his face like he looks like he's running from like I don't know, the CIA or something. And he's like, he like looks down the hallway and then he sees me 
And then he slams the door shut. He runs down nine floors, runs to the other side of our building because there was a there was another stairwell on the mm-hmm, opposite mm-hmm. side of our dorm floor. Runs up the nine floors, and I'm still standing in front of my door trying to comprehend what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I hear a slam from the other side of the hallway, and I look over, and Jimmy's head pops up. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he closes the door. We make eye contact, and he just sprints as fast as he can past me. And I'm like, Jimmy, Jimmy. And he's like, oh, I gotta go. And then he just runs into his room. <laughs> Got a blast. Got a blast. Yeah, basically, same energy. Yeah. Um, and I found out later that the reason he was doing that was because he was drunk, and he didn't want me to know that he drank. Or he didn't want anyone to know that he drank. <laughs> so... That was Honestly, that night, was, that, that, that night was pretty fuzzy. That night was really pretty fuzzy. <laughs> I mean, I also think maybe I saw like an RA I knew because I was, I was mm-hmm. on student government um, for our building my freshman year. Right. And I think I had like a big, big, big like aversion to drinking because, mm-hmm. you know, Asian parents, my dad was like, Dude, if you ever fucking drink, I'm gonna cut your hand off, type of shit. You know? oh like, no, he really was. He's like, sure. he's like, if you drink, you're gonna fail all your all your classes, and I'm not mm-hmm. gonna pay for school. And I was like, don't worry, Dad. I promise I will never drink. <laughs> and literally, 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 I was like, yeah. Why the hell would I ever drink? I didn't drink in high school. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we always had. I don't know if you remember, we always had those dare, yeah, yeah. you know, presentations yeah. by like the school resource officer or whatever. And I was like, yeah, drugs are bad, marijuana is bad, uh, drinking is bad, booze is bad, never touch that stuff. That shit is horrible. <laughs> and the little that I know, that shit, I mean, it was bad. <laughs> Alcohol is always bad for you, but like, I just had to try it, you know? I just <laughs> had to try it. <laughs> We've all been there. First, ta- first time I got drunk, Swati actually wasn't there because we didn't really meet, we didn't really get to know each other until like, the end of first quarter. Mm-hmm. So beginning of first, my first time trying alcohol was like literally the second day of school. I don't know if like, so Damn, I don't think he you made it that, one, day. Yeah, one day. It's cause I, no, it's cause I went, so I wanted to rush this Asian frat, which no one, everyone who knows me knows that I'm like the least frat boy mm. out there. Like I could never join a frat. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just don't agree with it. You know, I'm sorry for every, anyone else who's a frat boy who's like, no, don't yeah, be sorry. Life, but I'm, I fucking, I, I mean, you know, I have some really good Greek life friends, but yeah, honestly, yeah. culture, culture of Greek life, I don't know. I don't know if I can fuck with that. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, I don't know why. I guess I was just too fucking lonely or something. So I decided <laughs> to go to like, go to this stupid frat party. Yeah, yeah. And we all surrounded ourselves, like, ah, shots. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Was it an Asian frat party? It was. It was the, It was that one time I went and then after I got hella drunk, some frat guy handed me a water bottle and said, here, have some water. Oh, it was I'll tell you something. Water. That oh. shit was not water, dude. That oh. shit was not. It looked like water. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And like, they be holding that stuff for so long that the water bottle is just warm. <laughs> it's like warm vodka. It's just disgusting. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Wait, the yeah. reason I'm asking Jimmy is because me and two of my friends also went to an Asian frat party on the second day of school. Ooh. It was, was it the Omegas? It was the Omegas, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe all I remember was it was purple and there was a DJ playing the same like yellow claw song over and over and over again. I'm not going to lie. That night was pretty fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fuzzy. 
Not gonna lie, it was pretty fuzzy. I mean, I I I, I like took took a big fucking gulp. I was so drunk, I don't even think I like really registered how bad the alcohol was. Mm-hmm. All I remember was like going like, "Oh, I'm so effing drunk. Like this is so bad. Like what the hell is happening to me?" And then uh, I don't know if that was the same night. It, honestly, like. Freshman year, all the, you know, the, the stories of me getting screwed up and fucked up on alcohol kind of just all blended together, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like part of me thought that maybe I had a little bit of an alcohol addiction, but also yeah. part of me is like, you can't be addicted to alcohol. That shit tastes so nasty. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think I think part of the running, like Swati said, was I didn't want her to see me drink because I like first quarter, I lectured all. <laughs> So embarrassing to say this, but I, I used to go up to Swati and Cat, you know, and our other friends, and be like, "Yo, you know, alcohol is bad for you. You should stop drinking <laughs> so much." Visibly <laughs> 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 cringy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm the biggest drinker out there. <laughs> that makes so much more sense why you're like running around, you trying to find the fact. It was so bad, and I, I just, I don't know. I was worried getting in trouble. <laughs> I remember every time I would come out after, like, I don't know, a crazy night or something, I would, and, like, tell Jimmy the story, he would be mm-hmm. like, damn, maybe you shouldn't drink. Like, ignore all other <laughs> details of the story and be like, hmm, let me attribute that to your drinking. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's, like, taking shots from his hand sanitizer. <laughs> hey, chill. Everybody else has a problem. I'm just, you know, making sure it's controlled. <laughs> That's so crazy, though, to go from, like, you know, I'm really not gonna drink to like just straight shots. Like my first time drinking, I split a beer with Harsha, who's like another member of this podcast, and that was it. One half or half a natty light we both had for a first time drinking. Natty lights are disgusting. I'm yeah, sorry. they are. I, hate I mean, I, like I I I fake fucking hate beer. I mean, that like ranks at the bottom of my alcohol list along with. <laughs> Coors Light, Bud Light, and all the other I think lights, anything you know? that comes in a can, like canned beer, is just all fucking gross. Except for Guinness. Yeah, but even the canned Guinness like, isn't as good. Yeah, the as, canned like, the... isn't as good. Yeah. That's true. At this point, I don't think beer does it anymore. Like, med school honestly has built my alcohol tolerance a little bit, which is kind of scary to think of it. You know, I'm, Straight I'm over ethanol here telling only. All... <laughs> I mean, I'm telling all my patients out here, hey, uh, how many drinks do you have a week? Meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, damn, maybe my answer is going to be higher than theirs. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. Uh, like, they're like, oh, it's seven. He's like, yeah, man, you got to get that you, up, you bro. Pump you those numbers up, bro. That's a weak shit. You know, you got to. You see how healthy I am, bro? I'm at 15 a week. <laughs> Let's just ignore the fact that alcohol contributes to liver disease. But, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, freshman freshman year was chock full of a lot of drink. More so, more so, I think second and third quarter, mm-hmm. like what was yeah. it winter and spring quarter? Because I don't know what it was, but I guess the depression of college just hit winter quarter. It always hits. Winter quarter is just hard. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I feel, I feel. You just feel like you gotta like let that shit out. And I mean, yeah. maybe it didn't help that RRA, the beloved. Uh, oh. She uh, just did not care. She didn't, she wasn't like, I mean, generally at UCLA, like the thing was, no one was telling us not to drink. They were just yeah. like, don't make it obvious. Mm-hmm. So whenever we'd have like dorm inspections or whatever, it's just like, you just got to make sure it's not invisible sight. Oh. 
Yeah, because honestly, it's I think it's worse to be like, don't drink and then punish people for drinking when you know they're going to mm-hmm. instead of like making mm-hmm. sure people just do it safely. Right. Um, yeah. Like we had we had something called access control. So every night we'd go out, we'd have to come through access control to get back into our dorm. And basically we had to be able to hand them our Bruin card and like walk past access control without either shitting our pants or eating shit. And then mm-hmm. they would let us go through. And then we could go up to our thing. So mm-hmm. if we were too drunk to get through access control by ourselves, they'd call like a, a CSO or like mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. one of, yeah. And they would like walk us to our dorm. So, mm. but yeah, our, both of our RAs were super chill. They uh, part, partook in the activities. <laughs> so <laughs> I will say I have never, when I was an RA, I never did that. That was like one, that was like the line I could not cross because <laughs> You know, then your residents can kind of blackmail you whenever they want. Blackmail. So, <laughs> that's that's kind of. I mean, I was, dude. I would be nervous. I'd be nervous if I knew my residents knew that I was doing some sus crap. I would not be able to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Also, because you know, our um, my supervisor both years I was in RA was like a big hard ass. Like mm-hmm. she would like she was not afraid to fire people. Mm-hmm. And like honestly, like I think three or four people got fired. Um, during the time I was an RA. So I was very careful because it never looks good to get fired from a job. Yeah. True. How was your RA freshman year? Dude, my RA was great. He was, yeah, he was like actually like one of the best dudes I met in college, I think, even though I only talked to him for that year. What about your upstairs neighbors? How were they? (laughs) Are you talking about the CR? Yeah. Dude, it's so stupid, man. Well, I mean, we were also stupid, but generally the situation was stupid where yeah. basically we're, we were drinking in our room like all night. We had a bunch of alcohol. I think we had like a whole case of beer, right? Something like yeah, that. I wasn't there, man. I was, you know, I'm, I'm innocent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we drank like a lot, like pretty much near the end of the night. We're like, oh, we should go get rid of all these like cans and stuff. We're like, let's clean up, right? We like basically come back to... An empty room. There's only one bottle left, and it's a bottle of Mike's Hard, right? And it's like the end of the night. I don't know if we were playing music or whatever. We were just a little bit too loud. Mm -hmm. And it was also a Thursday night. So whoever was living above us was like, I don't know, studying or whatever the (laughs) fuck. Stupid shit. Yeah. So then they told their RA who came down. And I mean, generally, I think the room smelled like alcohol, probably because we had a lot in there and we're playing like games and shit out. But, um, all she saw, well, she came in and she smelled it and she's like, hey, put all the alcohol in the middle of the room, right? Like, like don't hide it. <laughs> that was it? Yeah. It's, this dude got up, he took it from my, like, desk and just put one bottle. Like, literally, there was, like, maybe, like, three sips left in it, too, and put it in the middle of the room. And then that that's when they were like, okay, give us all your IDs. Like, we're going to write you down. Was it hard you. alcohol or what? Dude, it was it was Mike's Heart. It's like the, like the lemonade. Oh, Mike's or, Heart. Yeah. It's like the lemonade drink. I ain't gonna lie, I've never written up someone over three <laughs> sips of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. It's, Bro, it's honestly, funny. if I if I haven't if I didn't see that there was alcohol, I've never asked people to mm-hmm. put that stuff in the middle. That's just dude, that's what you do when you're on the power trip. I ain't gonna that's lie. What I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was like, you don't I don't I mean, the reason why I the only times I've written people up for alcohol is is usually I get a noise complaint on them. Mm-hmm. And I have to go because when when they call you and they're like, go check up on these people, you have to go. So I'm like, okay, I have to go. And usually it's like obscenely loud. Like you can hear it like the minute you get off the floor Mm -hmm. or get off the elevator at the floor, you can Mm -hmm. hear it like down the hall. Like 
insane party. You open the door, you know it's like rough because it's like 20 people inside. Yeah. And then some girl's taking a fucking shot in the back corner. So that's when you're like, well, shit, hey, dude, on. my hands are tired. You're being hey, a dumbass. I've been that girl before. I've been that girl. Oh, my. You're fucking jumping out you've the window like girl, you can't Jimmy. catch me. You've been that girl, Jimmy. I've never been that girl. I've never been taking a shot in front of the RA. What the fuck? Well, also, never done that. Another thing in tech is like, tech was super strict. Like we we visited UVA pretty regularly. Like there was one time where I was literally lying down on the sidewalk just to like cool myself Bro. down because the sidewalk was cold. And a cop pulled uh-huh. up next to me. He's like, you good, man? And I'm like, I'm good. He's like, you got to get up. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And I just sat on the grass. But like at tech, there was literally like these whack-ass police officers, like quote unquote police officers patrolling the campus at night like when all mm. these freshmen are coming home on fucking bicycles with the lights bright and stuff and they'd roll up on you and be like hey man you know and then they, they give you a hard time and there was another time freshman year when we were all chilling in your dorm and uh somebody had the like the actual cops called on them remember that oh yes do you want to explain that story <laughs> i legally don't know how much i can explain but uh there's some people who sounds shall not like be someone named. got arrested or something. No, 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 no. So basically, the dude who lived next door to Tarun, like there were two guys who lived next door to Tarun who we knew, and I, you know, tech is like a prestigious like engineering school, right? So like you're supposed to be like pretty smart if you go there for engineering, but if you smoke and there's a box fan in your window, like. The common sense thing to do is to point the fan so that the airflow goes out of the fucking room. Not that it goes fucking back into your face and blows into the building. Wait, we have a story similar to that. So instead of, you know, I don't know what the fuck you were smoking, but they were smoking some really stupid, like not even real weed, which will come come true in the story later. Uh, basically... Yeah, the cops pull on them and they, they came into Tarun's room like meanwhile, like after they had smoked or whatever. And they just came into Tarun's room because like hang to hang out with us or whatever. And then there were probably like, I don't know, 11 or 12 people like in Tarun's room. The whole dorm smelled of like just bad weed. And well, another thing is his roommate was fucking walking up and down the hallway just fucking spraying Febreze and Axe and yeah. stuff. Just going up and down and up and down. It was like a we- way too weird mix of a smell. So then when our nice-ass RA came, he's like, nah, I can't let this run. Like, this is just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Call the cops. Did y'all get penalized for having weed? Was it, like, legal in Virginia? I- I'm, like, no. not sure. No, no, yeah, 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 oh, is it not? Oh. Yeah. So oh, it's definitely it's like that's really crazy. Bad, it's like, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just, like, having drugs on campus, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, so, like, a misdemeanor type of thing? Yeah. yeah. So, wow. yeah, so the cops came, and they, like, knocked on our door. And I think, so, like, there were a few other people there. Tarun's night when he got, like, the, the uh, what is it, conduct referral? Yeah. And so, like, basically... The door opens and there's cops there and everybody who already had one because if you get two i think you get expelled or maybe three yeah and so they see the and they're they're just basically all shitting their pants at that point they're like oh like we're fucked we're getting kicked out of school yeah even though like, they come we in were, our room and do this yeah because we're like all in this like we actually were doing nothing like in like we were yeah. just hanging out that time and they pull the two dudes who live in the next door like aside Right. They were like, oh, whose room is that? They go out and then we're all looking around because like obviously you could smell it. But we're like, Yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, who's who's that dumb to like do something like that? Basically. And they had they had like they still had like it looked like oregano. 
that's how stupid and like terrible the weed was. It was just laying across their desk like flakes. And they had the, I don't know what they did. They had some sort of like test to see like what the substance was. Uh, and basically they tested it and it came back as not weed. <laughs> so they got off without having any penalty whatsoever. They did like a litmus crazy. test or some shit like that. And basically it just said, nah, it's not weed. So, what was almost worse is like, uh, we didn't like the guy really. Like, he, oh, he's no, a not fucked up dude. And so we were all kind of like hoping a bit that something happened like, to him yeah. to set him straight. And then he got away with that too. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, what, what is this world we live in? Like, how do they test weed and it's not weed? Like, uh, uh, that's what I mean. It's, it had to have been bad weed. Yeah. I guess that's good because maybe if it tested positive, like all of you guys would have gotten in trouble. I guess. Maybe. But unless unless someone like someone's like saying like oh like this is mine like if he yeah. miss it's his then no one gets yeah. in trouble the well, only time when everyone gets in trouble is when no one says that right. like if everyone denies mm-hmm. like responsibility that's when people get in trouble yeah like everyone gets in trouble mm-hmm. also like all the paraphernalia like the grinder and all that stuff was in a backpack in his room yeah. so like it's not us it's whatever <laughs> yeah but also completely unrelated story uh one of those roommates fucking nutted in the other one's hat but we're just gonna completely move on from that story <laughs> we're like, not gonna we're no, not gonna you tell can't just say that you can't we'd say it off record so so the whack guy that we didn't like right he was in the yeah. top bunk. which one this is on record we're not saying names anyway so this guy was on the top bunk right yeah and he was too lazy to like go down and like get his tissue from his desk um, oh god! And he like, reached across oh, the little yeah, hallway where the bunk beds were. It just grabbed the dude's fucking hat and didn't tell him about it. And, dude, 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 dude was wearing the hat like four days later. He's like, "Oh, I, by the way, I busted in your hat." <laughs> what the fuck? He, he also, dude. He also. So, I don't know if you guys had this at UCLA, but we had sinks in our room. Um, no, we didn't. Oh, Your guys' okay. dorms were much nice. nicer than ours. Yeah, so we had sinks in our room, which was really mm. nice. Yeah. Like, we're brushing into whatever. Um, but our side of the dorm was, like, really short. Like, the other side probably had, like, 12 to 15 doors, like, all the way down. Mm-hmm. Ours only had, like, four, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, so our side, like, basically what I'm saying is the bathroom was very close. Yeah. Anyway, this guy, middle of the night, too lazy to go. So he pisses in the sink. The same guy as the night <laughs> guy. Just all the bodily fluids. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can't even, like... Never mind, like, his roommate having to deal with that. But, like, I could not imagine, like, brushing my teeth in the and washing my face in the same sink that I pissed in last night. That's crazy. That's yeah, I mean, if it's if it's up to me, I'm just I'm just thinking that this guy has a problem with putting his dick in the right places. <laughs> oh, that, that's actually a confirmed theory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Um, <laughs> an- another, another issue is that uh, I think the same, same guy, this is the last story because, you know, we don't want to devote too much time to this guy. All right, so uh, sink guy, nut yeah, guy, yeah, and yeah. this guy is the same yeah, guy. Yeah, in the, pu- in the, like, communal bathroom, but not in the toilet where everybody else yaks. He yacked in the sink, which <laughs> is the only sink where you go to brush your hands after you use the fucking communal <laughs> toilet. <laughs> it's okay we've we've heard worse than that and, oh no no and then you know morally a normal person would like you know run the water so that the thing goes down the same no fucking dry flaky <laughs> yak <laughs> in, in the communal sink nice. Bro, nice yeah man and so i didn't go to their dorm anymore after that <laughs> you know speaking of speaking of weird dorm things Ooh. i my <laughs> My first year as an RA, somebody shat on the floor in the hallway. In the hallway? 
in the hallway. Like you dropped a log in the hallway? Piece of shit. Just a... Yeah, it was a log, dude. I mean, <laughs> guy had healthy poop. That's all I can say. I so, mean, like, was it really streaky? So, was he like moving as he did it, or like it was nah, all in one dude, spot? It was just like it was just a log, dude. Oh, it was dude, like how do you even do that? Like, 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 like how? I do remember one day I was walking uh, to one of my friend's apartments, and I saw diarrhea on the steps. Oh, wait! And I didn't know it was diarrhea until I smelled it. Oh. <laughs> oh well that's, <laughs> I that's a snapchat like, video i feel like that's a little bit more acceptable because if it's diarrhea it's like kind of liquidy and it probably just run down your leg while you're walking up the stairs and you can't no yeah. it was like a splat mark it, it looked like a crime <laughs> scene oh. Oh, maybe just maybe just couldn't hold it anymore yeah. dude sometimes it's hard to hold in diarrhea it comes comes out like a flood you know yeah, yeah. but the I mean, thing is there were bushes all around at least fertilize right. the plants you, you ever see like those hydro jetpacks, uh, jetpacks where like the water like propels <laughs> yeah. you into the air? Maybe they were trying to do some like intuitive science and they're like, hey, yo, I got it. Jetpack joyride. <laughs> 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 yeah, bullshit. <laughs> that's got to be nasty. Oh. Nasty, nasty, nasty. At least no one's actually diarrhea on themselves when they're drunk. That'd be pretty bad. Mm. I think we have some cop stories too, Jimmy. You want to tell them one? Cop stories. The one on your birthday. Are you talking about- oh no. <laughs> you don't want to talk about that. One? I'll talk about that one. It's a great story. <laughs> I've actually heard this story, and I, I, I would like to hear it again. <laughs> <sighs> I can't believe y'all have already heard this story. So, <laughs> my 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 twenty my twenty first birthday. Um, this is this is actually so sad because <laughs> honestly, I don't know how all like this happened because I anyways I'll just tell the story but it was my 21st and I invited like all my friends from like basically like almost all four years of college Mm -hmm. or all three years of college at that time I think it was like my third year because it was my 21st Mm -hmm. so it was like at the end of our third year Mm -hmm. I invited everybody to um come out it was actually during the summer oh no it was right before the summer because my oh my birthday's goodness. on the 13th, and that's right before, like, that's, like, finals week, basically. Or the end of finals week. Mm, I thought it was... Yeah, it was, It was like, right before, like, everyone was, like, fixing to leave and everything. And so we all came out, and the night was going pretty good. It was going pretty well until, um, you know, folks, certain people had a little too many shots. Not Swati. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, Swati, but <laughs> that's not that's not who like really ruined the situation. Right. So I had a couple of other friends. I'm not going to say names because you know it was, it was a really bad situation. Say a certain guy and a certain girl who used to date mm-hmm. both had a little too much, mm. and you know the girl, one of my really good friends, she kind of just left in the middle of us being at Rocco's. And I went out to look for her and I see her literally lying, you know, side, like face down the sidewalk. I'm like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) And turns out she was just vomiting, you know, hardcore because she had drank way too much. You know, I'm over here trying to trying to take her back to her apartment because, you know, she is not fit to be out anymore. And to me, I was like, damn it. I mean. It's my twenty first. That's what I thought it was, but I guess you know, I yeah. not really my twenty first. It's your twenty first, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I ended up taking her home, and then we didn't really make it back because you know this really nice girl. I I also always remember this really nice girl came up to us, was like, "Hey, like, 
you can like ride in our Uber and like, we'll like take you back in our Uber. I was like, thank God, because I don't know how she's going to walk all the way back home. We make it not like one block. And this is like, right. Like this is on Gailey. This is like the main street that goes mm-hmm. through UCLA. Mm-hmm. And we make it like probably like 500 feet to like one of those really busy like areas mm-hmm. and she had to throw up and so mm-hmm. she threw up outside the uber thankfully because mm. that would have been real embarrassing if she yeah, threw yeah. up in the uber and so basically we kind of just got kicked out because it's like right. well if you can't hold your fluids in you know we're not going to let you ride in our uber yeah so then i was like okay well now you know we're kind of screwed because now we gotta i gotta get her home so we're kind of like walking, well, half walking, half dragging her back to her house. And a group of these white boys, oh, it's always got to be the white boys. <laughs> they, yeah, man. Yeah, they, man. They, 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 oh, no, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, didn't even notice. Don't apologize. <laughs> um, it's probably because your room's purple, so. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You know, we're, we're, I'm walking her home. I'm minding my own business, and th- this group of white boys comes up, and I say boys, not men, because right. they were boys. Mm. They came up and they did try to be like, "Hey, is she okay?" Like I was like, "Nah, she's good, dude. Like, don't worry, I got it." And then they like go like, "Nah, you know, like let me let's take care of her." And I was like, "Nah, you don't gotta get in my business, right? Like, don't don't <laughs> get don't get involved." Mm-hmm. And they just kept on trying to get involved, and they kept on trying to hit on her and stuff. And I was like what are y'all doing? And then they get, they get aggressive. They like mm-hmm. get aggressive. And I'm, you know, I'm not someone who likes to, you know, I've never thrown a punch in my life. I'll tell you that. I'm proud mm-hmm. to admit it because I don't, I think fighting is the dumbest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Real men use words. Boys <laughs> use fists. That's, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's they were cool. obviously boys. Yeah. Yeah. No, not really. That's not even something smart to say. That's just life, you know? Yeah. And then, so, so her ex, her ex, this girl's ex, walks up on us with Swati and Kat and everyone else in tow. And he goes up and he's like, y'all need to leave us alone. And, the, you know, white boys being drunk, white boys goes like, they go like, well, nah, dude, I'm not leaving you alone. Like, she looks like she needs help. And then, you know, my friends obviously like, no, these are my friends. Like, you're okay. Like, please like just leave us alone mm-hmm. and they're like nah and they kind of get like a little aggro you know because they're over mm-hmm. here like white privilege ah, kidding, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> kidding kidding half kidding half not but they're, they're, they're doing all that that, that yeah, stuff yeah. you know trying to like, get involved yeah, yeah. and then um you know a number of words are exchanged. A mm. number of words are exchanged. A number of racial they, slurs are exchanged. Oh. A number of, I can't say those racial slurs on camera mm. for sure. We're not going to say our, them. Our, our, but yeah, but a racial slur was dished out. Was definitely exchanged Ooh. at the ex-boyfriend. Very mm. much so. And so, you know, um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember who threw the first punch, but I just know. I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember, I remember. How do you remember? Pick, You're more drunk me. than me. Hey, 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 <laughs> okay, Swati. Pick me, pick me. All right, fine, okay. Swati. What? Okay, so the white guy mm-hmm. said the racial slur, oh, and then so. our friend spat in his face, and oh, that caused the other guy to throw a, f- a punch. Crazy. Mm. Yeah. Right. I just, yeah, he, all I remember was the spit. I, it felt like it was happening, and so, honestly, that's probably what sobered me up, because mm. I was like, 
it, it was happening in slow motion. It's like I could see what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, in Super Smash Bros. when they replay it, but in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what happened in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only part of the night I remember. It was like a, it was like a, definitely like a knockout type of shot. Like it was yeah. a left yeah. hook to the, to the lower jaw. And I just remembered, you know, just like I see spit flying, like blood flying. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, you know, our friend, he reels back, he goes right back at like suit, like rapid fire. They both like slam down, like fighting onto the ground. And then all of our friends, you know, like me and then you know, Kat's boyfriend, and then mm-hmm. all of us are trying to pull everybody apart. Right. And it's like, then hit the, the white guys group also gets involved. And so it's like a big fucking shit show yeah. in the middle of Gailey, one of the busiest nights, you know, near UCLA. And you right. just, the fight spills into the street, literally spills into the street. And then one of my friends got a little nervous. Um, and dial 911 because people were bleeding and yeah. shit was happening. And so, you know, the fire, the fire engine, then the ambulance and the cops all pull mm-hmm. up. And, you know, the response time is real quick because I mean, the they, hospital they're just like right around the corner. Away. Yeah. 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 And so they show up. And I don't think Swatch remembers this because I think. She saw the punch and then continued to blackout after. <laughs> um, but, it's like but, she got knocked out. But, but let me just tell you right now, when the cops pulled up, when the cops pulled up, it's like the alcohol was sucked out of both Swati and my friend's bodies. Hey, just like sucked out because they stood up straight like soldiers. They're like, yes, sir. <laughs> like, I was like, what the heck? Like, when was this? I was like, you can walk all of a sudden. Like, damn, what a miracle. That's what I call police persuasion. That's what I call police <laughs> persuasion right there. Because, because, you know, the cops show up and all of a sudden they're like, they're like straight as arrows, you know, like, you know, Swati's like answering with all the correct answers to the mm-hmm. accurate questions. And, you know, my friends also like just saying like, yeah, like everything's fine. Like it's okay. And then my friend that got punched is now bleeding. It's like nothing happened. I just fell. I just ran into a pole. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? You didn't run into a pole. The dumbass could see you never run into the pole. You got a black eye and half your teeth is chipped. Like oh. was, <laughs> everyone knows you got socked in the face and you almost <laughs> lost the fight. But anyways, the white guys had run off already because they heard mm. the popo coming. They said, we are gone. Like they just mm. left. But yeah. And, and Swati and my friend uh, managed to kind of, Word the police off because mm. you know people were going to go to jail that night yeah. if yeah. the police didn't leave. Um, thankfully, no one went to jail. Um, no one got arrested, which was the desired outcome. Right, right. You know, but I remember the cops being like, "Well, someone got punched," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Santi going like, "No one did. Like, we're okay." <laughs> Just everyone, everyone had the same exact story, which is shocking. Yeah, because everyone's lying through their teeth. Like <laughs> every motherfucker out there was lying. Like we all know they were lying. Cops were like, "Someone got punched. Someone's pressing charges." Everyone's like, "No one got punched. We just, <laughs> no, everything's good." And I'm like, "The fuck." <laughs> <laughs> that was your twenty first birthday gift from all of us. <laughs> it was. It was my twenty first birthday gift. And little did I know, you know. I was I was actually more drunk than I thought, but this whole situation <laughs> sobered me up. And Dang. on top of all of that, 
I get back to the dorm because, you know, we're over here wrapping everything up and we finally mm-hmm. get, you know, both of our friends home, you know, and then I don't remember, I think Kat at some point, Kat was like sober, was as sober as a doornail. She got her car or something and managed to drive everyone else home. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't say that actually. I didn't say that. I make it, I make it back to my dorm Mm -hmm. and I have an incident waiting for me on the front lawn of Hedrick Hall, which is where I was in RA my first year. Mm -hmm. Um, Girl totally passed out, totally passed out on the front lawn. I'm thinking, well, I'm drunk, but I also have to take care of this because this girl's life could be in danger. I go up, I go up to the guy that was helping her. I say, Hey dude, like, let me help you get her back to her room because it looks like you're going to need some help. <laughs> the minute I realized I needed to call 911 was when I, when she, when the guy tilted her head up mm-hmm. and her soul was just not there. Like she just <laughs> was not there. Like her skin was cold. You know, I said, I gave her some water and her tongue went like the, like just flapped to the side. It literally just flopped It to sounds the side. like she needs like, to have the alcohol sucked out of her. That's what it, that's what it sounds like. It, it so, I mean, it sounded like she needed some police persuasion, but you know, you know, you know, it's bad. You know, it's bad. When the threat of calling 911 doesn't sober you up, <laughs> yeah. that's when you know it's bad. Because, you know, the thought of 911 sobers me up, right? Because right. the thought of a $5,000 ambulance bill, hmm. oof, I could never. My dad gained that bill. Oof, I really <laughs> could never. <laughs> well, not, not even me paying to my dad gained the bill. That's that's what scares me. Yeah. He, he said if I ended, ever ended up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning, he literally beat me to the end of my life. <laughs> What would you rather die from? Alcohol poisoning or your dad beating the shit out of you? I, I mean, I tell all my friends now, I say, you know, if not one's about to be called, you you got to leave me there. <laughs> like, leave my ass. Leave my ass. Don't pick me up the next day. Because <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter because the next day, it's going to be the funeral van anyway. <laughs> Oh, coroner's office. Anyways, so yeah, this this so what ended up happening actually, it's good that I called because um this girl actually um was a uh, diabetic emergency due to alcohol oh, intake. She was ooh. she was actually a uh, a type one diabetic and she mm. hadn't taken her an insulin. You know, so I feel learned this in med school, but uh, alcohol can actually you know too much alcohol intake without food intake can lead to like severe starvation, mm. leads to a whole host of things. Um, that can be very life-threatening. Um, so she had very low blood sugar and she had a very mm. low heart rate. Um, her heart rate, I still remember because I saw those numbers and I wasn't EMT back then, but I, I knew what heart rate was and things like that. Heart rate was in the 40s. Oh. Yeah. So normal normal heart rate um, is between 60 to 100 mm-hmm. yeah. um, for, for adults and her heart rate was in the 40s. Isn't that mean that like, her heart beat like every like one and a half seconds or something? Yeah. So... Yeah. Her, um, she was, she was, she was very much, you yeah. know, like she, she, she was, it was a very, very, uh, big medical emergency and, mm. um, they actually called up the paramedics. So oh. usually like, if it's like a simple, like alcohol, like intoxication thing, they just have right. the EMTs, mm-hmm. like kind of lower level care. But mm-hmm. when it's really serious, they'll call in the paramedics and they call it the fire department, the paramedics and, you Deja know, vu. I like I, I mean, yeah, I, I've I've been there, not for myself. I've I've called yeah. the paramedics before on other people, but 
We've called the paramedics on a bunch of people. At least two. In one night. Me? Us. Together. Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I just I almost <laughs> forgot. Did you we forget have called about the paramedics. I did forget about that. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I've... 911 is like pretty much on speed dial on my phone at this point. I've called 911 so many times. It's, it's kind of embarrassing. But um, yeah, so she she got taken care of. And at the, honestly, at the, the worst part about this whole night is I ended up throwing up at the end of it. <laughs> Literally, I was in my room, 4 a.m. I wake up and I like have to vomit real bad. Yeah. So I go like, I'm in my room because, you know, we lived in a communal hall. I lived in a communal mm. hall all four mm-hmm. years. Um when I was an RA, the last thing I wanted to do was walk into my resident <laughs> in the morning, in the bathroom, mm-hmm. me needing the yak. That would be embarrassing as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just throwing up my ass and like, I'm just throwing up so much in my room because I have this problem where when I start throwing up, I can't stop. And it just like, it just repeats like cycling, yeah. just cycling. And my resident texts me, hey, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course I am just a little food poisoning you know and they're like wasn't it your 21st yesterday i was like mind your own business <laughs> <laughs> fucking resident asking me if i'm okay damn <laughs> but yeah i um i also vomit really loudly so oh. they're like damn he's either fucking or throwing up <laughs> god knows i'd be fucking in my room like that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't cover your face. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Bro, that just to be the quote. <laughs> Me throwing up or fucking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to have a 30-second ad, so you can either throw up or fuck in that period of time. It's up to you. But, uh, nice. We'll, we'll be nice, right back. Nice. We'll, we'll, we'll get a little quickie. <laughs> Welcome back from the ad, everybody. Uh, you know, you're talking about that that group of uh, white guys. You know, they seem like a fun, rebellious group uh, spewing racial slurs. But does that does that bring up anything recent that may have happened? Uh, Tarun, I'm sure you're a big fan of racial slurs. Would you like to tell the story? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah, Swati seems really excited to tell the story. So I think she I'm should. not excited. I'm not excited. Well, to be fair, I feel like she tells it best when we... Oh, okay. Because okay. we've been telling everybody this because we're so shocked. Proud. Oh. Oh, <laughs> no. This story is called How We Got Hate Crimed in Chicago. Very poetic title. So we were walking back from Millennium Park one day and there was this cafe like I had been wanting to go to for like two or three days. Can I interrupt you? It was basically... You? Can I just, you just say that you and Tarun visited Jimmy in Chicago like three, four weeks ago, and that's the setting of the of the story. Oh yeah, we visited Jimmy in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we were we were going to this cafe, and it was like supposed to be this French inspired cafe, and I really wanted to go there because it was like decorated like a French tea house or whatever. Sorry, we, I don't know we. French culture. Um, yeah, and I wanted matcha, so I was like, okay, let's go in here. We get there, and it's happy hour. Mm -hmm. Um, so the actual cafe is closed, but the restaurant is open. So we go in and the hostess is like, oh, do you guys have a reservation? And we were like, no, we just, we're just here for happy hour. Um, and she was like, okay, I can, we're really busy right now, but I'm going to see if I can get you guys some bar seating. So we were like, okay, cool. So we're sitting here or standing here waiting. And it's me, our friend Kat, who, uh, me and Jimmy also met in our first year at UCLA and Tarun standing in the back. 
And so this guy also, by the way, the name of this cafe is Vento. So it's kind of like a French, a French cafe. So I guess mm -hmm. this guy saw the E-A-U-X in the name of the cafe. And he was just like, I'm claiming my territory. This is now the French embassy. Anyways, there's this French guy sitting at the bar. He's pretty drunk. He turns around and he sees us standing waiting for seating. And he sees Kat, who is this like five foot angel looking girl, very sweet, kind, innocent face. And he just decides he's going to ruin her fucking day. And so <laughs> she's Vietnamese, by the way. Yeah, she's Vietnamese. He walks up to us and he looks like a rat, by the way. He has like the stringy ass hair. He looks like he would be racist. But he comes up to her and he's like, oh, ni hao, ni hao. And she's like, what? And he was like, are you Chinese? And she's like, no. He goes, are you Korean? She goes, no. He goes, are you Japanese? She's like, no. And he goes, are you Vietnamese? And she's like, yeah, haha, ha, fourth time's the charm. And already I was confused because I couldn't tell if he was hitting on her or being racist because, you know, there's a fine line. I mean, they could uh, be the same thing. It could be the same thing. I think she was also, I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but based off of her expression and her reaction, like, we just didn't know what was going on right. at first. I think yeah. it was like the shock. Um, and so she was like, yeah, haha, four times a charm. And he goes, oh, okay, well, I just want to let you know, it's going to take you guys a really long time to be seated because this is a special type of establishment. And she was like, oh, and like, she didn't really know to, I think that's when it was kind of settling. Mm -hmm. That, okay, this guy's actually being racist. And so he was like honed in on her. So I was like, I want to get this guy's like attention off of her. He's just like, he's coming on way too strong. So I was like, excuse me. And then he looked at me and he was like, oh, who are you? Like, are you Indian? And I was like, oh, that's none of your business. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, it's going to take you an even longer time to be seated. And I guess the hostess heard that. Um, so she came over. He went back to his seat. Um, she came over and she was like, I'm so sorry about that. We have a table ready for you right now. And they went and put us at this table behind like a wall. And as we were walking to the table, I was like waving goodbye to him. And he was like, I aim to please you. I aim to please you. He's just hey, being really yo. creepy and gross. Yeah. And then the manager came over to us a couple minutes later. He asked us what happened. We told him and then um, they kicked him out. They were like, he came a little bit too drunk off the street but we're gonna remove him right now and we were debating like the three of us were like should we stand up and watch him get kicked out or is that like too obvious <laughs> so it was just crazy bro like i wish i like understood what was happening while it happened because i would have said yeah, meanwhile Taru was just sitting in a booth just like having a great time <laughs> like no i literally wow, said this nothing, is great. Bro. swathi was the one that defended uh cat you know somewhat mm. I don't know. I I just feel like I think I was on one in Chicago. It was like the heat and like the drinking and like the dehydration. I was like not. I also feel like that kind of happens like at work a lot for me. Mm -hmm. So I guess I don't know. I really wanted to punch him in the face though. And they didn't even comp our drinks. I think they gave us like like a ten dollar racism discount. Yeah, it was twelve dollars. <laughs> <still> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the, we're not shitting on the restaurant. Like, I guess the restaurant handle, handled it well, but it was just, it was like in broad daylight. Like we weren't doing anything. So, but yeah. So that's crazy. Was that the best or the worst part about Chicago? 
I don't know, falls somewhere in the middle. Oh, that what wasn't was even the worst. the worst. I feel like what else happened? Well, that was probably the worst. Okay, that's good I feel to like hear. it got. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was really hot. Yeah. Mm. Like we were struggling in the heat a lot. You're from Virginia, dude. It gets humid as fuck out there. I don't know why you thought it was bad here. I mean, we weren't drinking water, and we were walking around. Oh. You're playing some tennis. Honestly, oh, yeah, we we did play some tennis. Swati, mm-hmm. Swati needed a little. We had a little. I always, I always I try like, to get my friends to play with me. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Not like that. Oh my Yo. god! What the hell's wrong with y'all's dirty minds? We're, we're friends now. We're friends now. We're friends now. Wait, wait, wait. We need to tell the story. We need to tell the story about what Jimmy said to me in the car. Oh, I don't yes. know what you, Wes, I don't know what I said to you in the car. What did I say to you? <laughs> so, if, okay. So anyone who gets in the car with Jimmy knows exactly what I'm saying by this, but he's like the most careful, reckless driver there is. I don't know how to explain that, but like he's like he will never right? get into. He's just he's like it's not even reckless. It's like he's like dominant. Like he's like oh he's like he gets really close to people. He goes fast through like oh. narrow streets, like because he's he's a good driver and right. He's mm-hmm. kind of aggressive, so that's why I just say dominant. Yeah, he used to be an Uber driver in LA, so that's oh. probably. Um, but he was like this before, but yeah, Uber he's like and driving, ambulance driver. Yeah, um, so he was like driving on the shoulder and like doing all kinds of shit, and he does this thing where like when he has to stop or break the car, he mm-hmm. won't let go of the accelerator. He'll go straight from the accelerator to the brake, so he'll stop like two feet in front of people mm-hmm. and people who are crossing the street. This is like downtown Chicago, so there were like old ladies crossing the street, and mm-hmm. they they would see him coming, and he doesn't look like he's gonna stop, so they're like flicking him off, or they're going oh. Um, and getting scared and so we were all kind of just like going at his driving a little bit and he was trying to defend himself and I forgot exactly what I said but I said I was like insulting his driving and he was like he was I think he meant to say I'm gonna blow up at you (laughs) he turns around this is like two minutes after I made the insult by the way (laughs) he just goes I'm gonna (laughs) can't say it what does he, he just goes, I'm going to unload on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh it God. took all of us a second and everyone was just like, what the fuck? We like exploded and everyone in laughter. Started. Y'all got, y'all got like dirty ass minds. I swear to God. Y'all got dirty <laughs> ass minds. Y'all's minds be dirty, dude. Y'all be having... No, man. I, I, I think you just say thinking. some out of pocket shit in like the best way possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? If we yeah, have dirty minds, how do you explain what you said to me on the tennis court? <laughs> what that said to you on the tennis court? <laughs> he doesn't even Bro, remember. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I remember that. All right, but to be honest, I don't know. You were sitting. <laughs> so I was sitting on a tennis rack. I just want to, I don't know how to describe this on the audio because yeah. this is like, it needs, there needs to be a visual, you know okay, what I'm saying? Okay. But like, Wait, she's sitting on I the head, she's, she's sitting on the head of her tennis racket, right? The, the racket part. <laughs> the Kirby and part. And she was just like, right, right, the Kirby part. And then the, the handle is just kind of like, she's using the handle to like 
support herself. Mm-hmm. The handle's like on the ground, just supporting the whole racket and her. And I was like, hey, you know, why don't you, you know, try flipping that around? Because <laughs> turn is like... maybe it would be a bit more pleasurable. But anyways, no, that's, that's not what you said. That's not what you said. No, you said something way crazier, bro. What did I say? What did I say? I don't remember now. You said, why are you sitting uh, on it like that in reference to like her sitting uh, on the curvy part, right? And I said, I was like, oh, well, she can't, she can't sit on it the other way around. And you were like, it's so crazy, man. You were like, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. If she was sitting on it the other way around, she'd have to be bouncing up and down. Oh! Oh! That's like so, dude, that's like definitely the maddest thing we've dude. ever said on this podcast. For sure. That's so crazy. Keep in mind, one court away from us, there are five-year-olds learning how to play tennis for hey. the first time in their life. And Jimmy's just screaming these things completely. Bro, they could be bro. If they're five, they don't know what that shit means. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they wouldn't know what that means. You don't even learn about sex until you're seven. Really? Uh. <laughs> Where did you learn about sex at seven? Isn't that isn't that when y'all learned about sex? That's when I learned about sex. I learned about sex at Tiger Den. I, on the same day, I learned about Santa Claus. Are they related? <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to have sex for Santa Claus to be born. <laughs> what? Someone had it's to true. have sex with Santa Claus to be born. true, bro. He didn't just come out of the no. fucking ocean or something. What? Wait, did you hear yourself? Someone had to have sex with Santa Claus to be born. Someone had to have sex for Santa Claus to be born. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of your driving, I've heard that you have a, a specific artist that uh, you listen to while you're driving. Is that true? I listen to a lot of artists. Right now, it's like a lot of Dua Lipa. Mm. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I don't know what specific artist. Swati said that you are, quote unquote, a Bad Bunny fanatic. <laughs> Wait, you can't say anything. You can't say anything bad because Jackie's gonna listen. That day we were driving to the airport and you were like <laughs> saying all those oh, things to the guy. Yes. Okay. I I mean I I like I like Spanish reggaeton music mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Like that's I loved. I I've been trying to learn. Like I know like something. I guess people don't know, or this is a kind of a party trick. Mm-hmm. I know most of the words of Despacito. Mm-hmm. And I can like. Oh yeah, no one ever knew that. It's not like you sung that song for three years That's straight. The, honestly, <laughs> I sang it at the last party that I was at, which was this last weekend, and everyone was shook. They were like, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, dude, like, I can just pop that shit out, you know." But like, I've been trying to learn another one. I think like, you know, like Gasolina or like yeah. some something else. I'm trying. I'm trying to learn, right? Because um, I took Spanish for four years super useful class mm-hmm. you know trying to be a physician one day knowing spanish is like super important especially if you know you're in the united states any mm-hmm. part of the united states speaks mm-hmm. a lot of spanish and so i've been just trying like you know learning these songs actually right. helps my spanish right um and it's also just really cool because people are like damn asian dude speaking spanish like what the <laughs> fuck insane crossover episode <laughs> Better, better, better than like an Asian dude speaking Chinese, you know. Mm. So, uh, um, honestly, more recently, um, I I saw Dua Lipa at Lollapalooza, and that kind of mm. got me a little hooked. Unfortunately, it's been kind of taking over my life. So, 
trying to like get unhooked. She's a really good singer. She's really good. Yeah, songs are catchy. Is she your type? No, no. Just songs are really catchy. That's the thing. Like mm. literally, I have like five different new favorite songs from her like latest album. Nice. Mm. Who's your celebrity crush? I don't have one. I don't. I don't have crushes on celebrities simply because it's like super unattainable. Mm. Like what, what about the fuck Jack am I Harlow? Going to meet a celebrity. What about Jack Harlow? Though? No, he's attainable. No, no one's attainable. No. I mean, maybe as a doctor, no. maybe maybe as a doctor, like it would make sense because some you could be like a celebrity's doctor or whatever. But right. also, I think it's super, like it's super like it's just super unrealistic. I mean, I'm trying to do emergency medicine, like it's very unrealistic for me to ever meet a celebrity. So I'm just like, it's not really attainable. Celebrities usually go for like. Unless you're Ed Sheeran, who like literally married his childhood sweetheart, for those of you that didn't know. Um, Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting? It's cute. I mean, he went, he literally went for someone who isn't famous, who's like yeah. super like down to earth. I think that's really cute. I mean, most celebrities will go for like a model or right. someone else who's famous and end yeah. up getting divorced and then get married again and get divorced and repeat yeah. that cycle like five or six times. And, whatnot so that's kind of how how it goes so i'm just like i don't really really believe in celebrity crushes because damn jimmy's setting the standard so who's your non-celebrity crush (laughs) i don't have a i don't have a crush swati swati's been pushing this narrative of of trying to find jimmy's perfect woman i'm not trying to find a woman it's just that jimmy is always like oh i'm always single i'm never gonna be there are all these you know what you know what I, you know what? I may have said that in college, but I have. Not you said, said that, that three weeks time. ago. You said that no, three I weeks didn't. ago. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you were like, I. You were talking about something, and I. Like, anyways, trying to listen me. to me because I tell the truth, right? There were literally girls throwing themselves at Jimmy. I believe in it. college. Don't they stop? And he, where? Don't and they he was stop? just like he would just like he would just like run the opposite direction or take his word the opposite direction. And so he's always saying like, "Oh yeah." I wanted. I wanted. I just want to know. I just want to know who's throwing themselves at me. Like I. I'm I could name two people curious. right now, but I won't. From what? Your friends or my friends? No, from our friends. Oh. Anyways. Oh, absolutely not. I know who you're talking about. That's <laughs> no, absolutely not. See, this is what he does. And so we've been trying to figure out what his type is because every girl who expresses interest in him, he's like, no, which is totally fine. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be forced to like someone just because they like you. But we've been trying to figure out what his type is. And he's like, I don't have a type. And then every time we bring someone up, he's like, she's not my type. <laughs> so. Well, okay. Well, if any, if any single girl or anyone that is interested in jimmy uh you know wants oh to god. apply for oh my god a date <laughs> let us know we'll have him back on for like a an e-date you know yeah that'd be sick mm. e-date e-date with jimmy scary dude <laughs> <laughs> this is free exposure for you man <laughs> fucking scared this dude. is how i picture this is how i pictured jimmy meeting his wife That's she comes true. into the er right she comes into the er I would she never, I would never date a patient. I would never date a patient. Just so any everyone who's listening and potential maybe maybe she'd come into know. the ER as a as a new doctor looking to apply to work there. And you meet her like that. Uh, another ER doctor? That's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Not his type. Of See, he just shuts everything down. 
How about this? You see yeah. her outside the hospital. She has nothing to do with patients or and doctors. She's, and she's just mumbling despacito under her breath, like, <laughs> word by word. No, probably, what if she cut you off, but, like, in a really smooth, sexy way? There's no... She cut you off to drive into into a gas station where the gas was two sixty nine. Mm. Oh, he's showing some interest. Damn. <laughs> she gets out of the car. She has like half a tennis, tennis racket hanging out know, her I ass. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what sex here. The girl coming off for the gas prices. <laughs> Dude, when we were driving to the airport, he was like looking at all these gas prices, and he's like, "Oh yeah, come to daddy." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, cheap gas is extra to anything right now in this economy, bro. That's the quote. That's someone says two. Quote. Someone says someone says sub four. I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> He's like, you bring the sub, I'll bring the dumb. <laughs> I'll put that nozzle in my gas can any day of the year. <laughs> I'm gonna say something, that is, bro. That's Ooh. bad. That's bad. Is it hot in here or? <laughs> Oh god. No, dude. Um Swati probably told you. I, I, I got high standards because um my philosophy has always been, you know, happier alone than with the wrong person. Hmm. High value man. Happier alone than with the wrong person. You with the wrong person, you gonna be you gonna be you gotta see him for the rest of your life. Type of thing, you know, like you gotta see him every day. I mean, true. Imagine seeing someone you don't like for the rest, like every day. That's like fucking painful, you know. Like, sure, you know. I mean, here's the thing. I got a lot of friends who who've been in this situation where, mm. you know, they're kind of afraid to be alone. Mm-hmm. Kind of afraid to be alone, and loneliness is kind of like it, the the fear to be alone is a very innate human quality, right? Everyone mm. fears being alone. But you can't let that fear make you make the wrong decisions or force you in the situations that you want to be in. Because honestly, like being with the wrong person, that shit hurts. It hurts True. because it not waste only wastes your time, it wastes their time. Mm. And what really sucks is if you don't really like that person that much, but they start liking you a lot. Mm. That's when it's you awkward. get into some problems. Mm, yeah. It's awkward. I mean, it's not just awkward, but you know that eventual breakup is going to really, really suck for yeah. them. Yeah, for them so, and for you maybe so he put but. it very eloquently but if we have any like smooth brained listeners I'm going to tell it to you very very simply if you're afraid to be alone you're a pussy ass bitch <laughs> <laughs> I guess so I guess so <laughs> so other than all of the the driving mishaps or, or you know skilled driving uh what were some of the other highlights from your guys' trip to Chicago to see Jimmy? Mm, I guess seeing Jimmy was all right. Um, what else? What did we? I made the, I made uh, I made Cat and Casey sleep on the same futon. What do you mean? I didn't have anything. I was like such a horrible host. I had no, <laughs> no bed sheets, good, no nothing. You're a good host. Half my half my apartment was like moved out. I was like mm. in the process of relocating. It was hard. Well, I did hear you have a, a world famous hot pot. Mm. I don't know about world famous. I mean, I am a, we were... somewhat of a, I love making hot pot. It's like one of the best things I love making because it's so easy, so simple, mm-hmm. and it tastes really good. And I love uh, turning the heat up on the hot pot too. So it was pretty spicy, but go ahead, Swati. 
Oh, nothing. I was just going to say, Jimmy gave me the, um, he gave me the responsibility of washing the Napa cabbage, which is probably the easiest thing to do. And considering I was probably the most qualified there, I felt a little bit, uh, insulted, but it's okay. So I was peeling the, I was peeling the Napa cabbage and I get to the middle and I see something on the inside that looks like a little turd. And it turns out it was a caterpillar. Oh, so it was really farm fresh. And Jimmy took it out and he dipped it in the hot pot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I did not. I tossed that shit out, dude. I even want to touch that, honestly. That was so nasty. You you got scared. From what I remember, you pour pill that shit out, you're like, oh my god, it's a caterpillar, and you got you literally. No, I was yourself. like, Jimmy, there's a caterpillar in here, I don't want to touch it. And you you looked at me like I was crazy. Like why would I make up there's a caterpillar in the cabbage? Right. But then you looked and you saw it and then and then he picked it up and he dipped it in the hot pot. I mean, extra protein, am I right? I feel like so much of Jimmy's personality is like watching his facial expressions. Mm. I feel bad that your viewers can't see them. So new new subscription service for $50 a month, you can get unlimited access to every video. You have to pay an extra $10 for every video. It's like OnlyFans, like but fucking, better. I knew this was going to come up. It's like I was just about to say, it sounds like OnlyFans. Would you? Like, would you sell feet pics? No, you would no like you don't have that. to put your face. You don't have to do anything. Just feet pics. Like say there's no, a demand no, for Asian no, men feet, Asian men's feet who are named Jimmy. Said, why said would you no name your ever. feet? Said no one ever. <laughs> I just said it. No, I said it. Can I be your only fan? I can think of three people right now <laughs> in this room who would subscribe to that. If you had to sell a feet pic, no well, how much would you sell it for? Literally, people would have to. I would have to pay to sell my feet pics. My feet are nasty. You don't want to see them. But oh, okay, do? I'll take it. I'll take it. It literally, it literally, it literally, bro, it literally looks like you know staff aureus and fucking can can. Never mind. I'm saying this just for Swati and for anyone else who's medically oriented. It literally looked like athlete's foot and a staph infection had a kid. Oh. <laughs> I'm fucking with y'all. It doesn't really look that bad, but. <laughs> no, I've seen Jimmy's toes. They're cute. He paints them pink. The whole foot. <laughs> <laughs> no, just if my whole toes. foot was pink, I would I, I would be losing my feet. <laughs> Literally. I saw a dude That's... on Twitter recently who tattooed Air Jordans onto his feet. Bro, I saw that. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever yeah, seen in my entire life. It was life. so disgusting. I think I've told the story on here before, but I'll retell it since since Jimmy's here. Uh, There's this girl I went to high school with who I knew. And uh, she she like, really loved her dogs, right? That that's totally normal. Like you, everybody loves their pets, you know. Hopefully, if you have them. Um, but as as this life, you know, life cycle, the the animals eventually die. Um, and you know, usually if a pet dies, you might cremate them or get like a a print or something of clay, whatever. That's a normal thing. Uh, this uh, completely rational woman um, got the paw prints of the dogs tattooed on the top of her feet with the dates of their birth and death. And they're not little. It's like if you spill, if you opened up a pen and just poured ink on somebody's foot, (laughs) it like covers like her entire foot. Bro, I would do that. I could see myself doing that. Do it. Don't do it. No. I'm not going to. I'm just saying I, I feel like there have been points in my life where I would have done something like that. Mm. 
But would you have let it cover your entire foot, though? I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you that right now. Anyway, if if you're listening, have fun with the two kids you have, you silly woman. Oh, it's this girl. Yeah, she has it two has kids. Kid. She has two kids. Do you not like the kids, or you don't like her, or both? I just don't like kids. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, le- like legally, I don't. I don't like kids. <laughs> That's a good distinction to make. But illegally, he does that. His Minecraft, his Minecraft channel is I Love Kid or Little Kid Lover sixty nine. Sixty nine. Minecraft. Bro, I was playing yeah. Minecraft yesterday. Somebody joined the server. They said they would lick my you're balls. Ju- you're playing Minecraft. And then they left. Oh. <laughs> Dude, said, they just said in the they, chat. They, lick they my jumped balls. in. They said, "I'm gonna lick your balls." And then they left. <laughs> <laughs> it was Anyone ever watch uh, the the show uh, To Kill or To Catch a Predator? Yeah. Yeah, I was Chris Hansen too mainly, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was like that 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 chat handle reminded me of that. Like a chat handle <laughs> of someone who It's like, man, maybe it was just one of those, you know, folks from Perverted Justice trying to trying to fish, you know. I don't think it's around, I mean, anymore because I think, you know, too many people try to kill themselves after yeah. um getting caught. I mean, not gonna lie, if I ever got caught up in a show like that, I I I would consider it. That might not be great to say, but honestly, <laughs> I feel like you don't have. But well, you would really never be in a situation, you... so it's okay. I would never. Yeah, no, yeah I would never yeah, be yeah. in a situation. I'm too right. smart to be in a situation right. like that. We would never get caught. No, 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 no! no, no. I would always ask if you're 18 first. <laughs> we're, we're not dumb enough to get caught, is what he means. But uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on from the completely, you know, immoral side of humanity. Uh, you got both, you know, Swati and Jim, you guys studied pre-med undergrad, right? So you got, obviously, uh, I'm a simpleton. So after pre-med comes post-med or just med. Uh, so, Jimmy, <laughs> detail your, your experiences or like, or your craziest shit that's happened at work or what your your life is like in Chicago as a med student. If it's just all ass, you can say that. It's not, it's not all ass. Um, I don't, I don't want anyone who's pre-med or who's trying to go into med school, you know, I think... I think medicine is very, it, it, it's a really rewarding field, especially, mm-hmm. uh, but only if really you have a passion for it, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's really easy for folks to like, want to do med because, you know, the most common reason is because their parents want them to. Mm. Um, honestly, like a lot of people that I know are doing med literally because their parents are like, you're either a lawyer, engineer, or doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I feel that, but also... You know, if you don't really have a passion for medicine, going through this process is really draining, really, really grueling. Um, And it really takes a toll on you, right? Like, I think, you know, I saw a quote somewhere once that was like, you know, I sacrificed my life to help save yours. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in reference to pre-meds and folks who are trying to do medicine, sacrificing a big portion of their lives, you know, just so that they can learn to be a doctor to save other people's lives. Um, and you know, that really, that really hits home because, you know, as a med student, I think you do sacrifice, um, I wouldn't say sacrifice, sacrifice might be kind of too extreme of a term, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do devote a big part of our lives to studying medicine and uh, medicine is also one of those things where you don't ever stop studying. Um, I think in pre, when I was pre-med, there was like at least two or three years where all I could think about was how crap I did on the MCAT. Mm-hmm. And by crap, he means 
89th percentile. That's what he means by um, 77th percentile, actually, um, to clarify that. You know, the, the benchmark for a good MCAT score has gotten higher and is probably even higher now because there was, you know, a 20% increase in medical school applicants um, my year. All that's all is that to say, you know, getting into med school is very, very challenging. Um, and it's it's very difficult um, because you have to be good in like pretty much all aspects, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. almost like you can't really make too much of a mistake. Um, I will I will tell people though, even even though you know you might not have the perfect application, or you know maybe you didn't you know publish or you didn't have all of the things that I guess um, star students have on your resumes. Mm -hmm. um, it's you know I think the most important part about doing medicine is making sure you have a passion for it and making mm -hmm. sure that you know why you're pursuing medicine, right? Like having that intrinsic reason and having that, you know, having your reason most right. importantly for doing that. Um, and that's, I think it, it goes beyond just, you know, wanting to help people. And mm -hmm. um, I think, I think it's more about why medicine brings you joy mm -hmm. um, and why specifically becoming a doctor um, brings you joy because it's, it's a long career. It's a grueling career. Um, for someone who doesn't really want to be a doctor. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's really why it's like so difficult. Um, I remember like, um, I actually came into college pre-med, which um, I don't think, I think some people do that. Um, but I think a lot of folks that I've met actually become pre-med later on. Mm -hmm. um, but I started college pre-med and I just thought to myself, you know, there, there, there was like, I think a brief moment my first year where I was like, I don't know if I want to do medicine. Yeah. I, I think it was like a very brief moment because, you know, I think very quickly soon after I realized, man, Jimmy, you really can't do anything else. You're not going to be good at anything else. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I was shit at math, unfortunately. It wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't shit at math, but I wasn't good enough at math for right. it to, yeah. to actually do engineering. And, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't read for shit, so I can't do a liberal <laughs> arts thing, you know, like imagine me sitting there doing a literary analysis. I mean, Complet almost mm -hmm. killed my ass in high school, got me rescinded from UCLA almost. So Lord <laughs> knows I can't write. Lord knows I can't read. So what's left? I mean, medicine, basically medicine, yeah, you know, yeah. so that's kind of, so that's kind of, um, I don't, I, I, I want to make it seem like it was like kind of a process of elimination type of thing, mm -hmm. but I think the more I thought about it, the more I became okay with like making the sacrifices I needed right. to, um, mm -hmm. in order to, to kind of get on that process of becoming a doctor. Um, mm -hmm. my first year was like pretty fun. Um, but I, I think after that, I realized I really needed to like kind of tighten the bell and mm -hmm. I got more involved. Um, the, I think the most important thing in college that really helped me out was becoming involved in things that I wanted to be involved in, mm -hmm. you know, that I was passionate about instead of doing things that, people thought was good for pre-meds you know yeah. i actually went through ucla without joining a single pre-med organization i didn't <laughs> join a single one um i'm I, I think maybe i was in care extenders for like half a second but beyond that i did not join a single pre-med organization because i just didn't you know they just all rejected me i mm -hmm. mean <laughs> sounds 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 sad but also i'm really glad that happened because i don't really think i had the passion for any of those yeah. organizations you know yeah. um i think my heart was really in community service mm -hmm. um and in advocacy and i think 
you know, being an RA and working in student government and, you know, working with um, a lot of, I did a lot of mental health advocacy in college, mm. um, which was what I was really passionate about because I think also all too often medicine kind of ignores the whole idea of mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. um, not just in patients, I think in doctors as well. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's not, it's just starting to be a topic that's more talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, all too often is the expectation that doctors and healthcare professions, professionals have to be some steel minded robot right, that right. never feels emotions or never gets stressed. Mm. Um, the best, the best, I guess, image I, I, I can think of that kind of depicts what I'm saying is, I don't know if y'all saw that recent, I don't know if it was like TikTok or Twitter or something, but it was the photo of a doctor crying next to, in the ambulance mm. bay. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the raw emotion there that yeah. is in healthcare, right? You see a lot of really sad things. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, even which leads me to the whole whole topic of you know my gap year i, I was a i was an emt mm -hmm. i i didn't realize kind of how sad you know healthcare was or how mm -hmm. broken the healthcare system really is mm -hmm. you know i mean you learn about in class right you learn about how insurance companies scam people how you know medicaid is really just kind of a something the government really just put in there kind of threw money at in order to help yeah. solve the greater greater problem of health inequities, right? Mm -hmm. um, free healthcare is great, you know, but it's only for a certain amount of people. And there's so many problems mm -hmm. um, associated with management of long-term, you know, health scenario, health, health conditions and things like that. But mm -hmm. um, I think, I think the, the biggest thing that really like got to me as an EMT was really like the lack of maybe mental health care for healthcare professionals. Right. You know, for me personally, I'm really blessed to be someone who's, not had mental health challenges really mm -hmm. in the past. Um, but you know, we, as EMTs, we saw a lot of really, really dark things. Right. Um, we saw how, you know, I worked during COVID. I worked during, you know, the Delta spike in December mm -hmm. of 2021. Mm -hmm. During that time, there, there was a two week period that I worked. It was right during the new year when, um, everything was kind of spiking and shutting down again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, we were, we were seeing people, you know, passing away on our calls, maybe once every day, every shift right. we were yeah. having, you know, we were doing CPR, we were doing resuscitations mm -hmm. and, you know, our company's like, Oh, you know, if you need, if you need help, just let us know. Right. There was, yeah. and, and, but from what I've heard from a lot of my colleagues and whatnot, it was very much a focus on let's debrief only if you've had a really bad incident. Right? Like let's debrief gesture. only if you've seen, yeah, like yeah. you've really seen something horrible because mm -hmm. um, I think everybody at some point during those two weeks, everyone that worked with me, my colleagues, my coworkers, they all probably experienced some sort of stress-related right. burnout, right? I know yeah. I was feeling a little stressed, um, especially, I mean, we were working on 10-hour shifts, working 12, 13, 14 hours because mm -hmm. they were simply, you know, no ambulances in LA County. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I remember it was December 27th or something like that, December 27th, 28th, when we were in our dispatch center and they told us all the ICU beds in Los Angeles County were full. There was not a single ICU bed for anybody in Los Angeles County. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was also, it was one, it, it was that week also when on our radio systems, we heard we are, we are level zero. And what that means, um, for folks who, aren't familiar with ambulance terms is 
Level zero means we have no ambulances available to take calls in Los Angeles County. Damn. So we got to a point where someone would have a heart attack and it would take 35 to 40 minutes for them to receive oh. transport to the hospital, which, you know, it doesn't take a genius to know, you know, yeah, if you're not transported to the hospital when you have a heart attack or a mm-hmm. cardiac arrest, you're not making it yeah. simply put. So it was a, it was a very stressful time. Everything that you saw on the, on, on TV about, you know, Los Angeles County, about, um, just a sheer amount of COVID cases about people in the, in the hallways, getting ventilated in the hallways, people mm-hmm. dying in the ambulances. That was, that was all stuff that, you know, I've, I've witnessed, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've had patients who've coded in the back of the ambulance waiting mm-hmm. for a room. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've waited with a COVID patient, I think nine hours just to get into the emergency department, not even, not even just the bed, but just right. to get into the emergency department. Right. I mean, he was, the patient was waiting on our ambulance for the better part of the day. Um, and it's, it's just shocking to see kind of how our health system in a sense kind of failed. Right. And it shows how weak and vulnerable our system is mm-hmm. just a couple hundred patients a day coming in for COVID and you know, our, our healthcare system can't take it. Yeah. Um, I think in Los Angeles County, there's maybe a total of like 30 or 40 infectious disease beds. Right. And maybe, you know, a couple hundred ICU beds. Hmm. Um, that that's all to say, right? Um, it all ties back to the whole idea of like healthcare workers getting fatigued and right. limited amount of resources. You know, I mean, we didn't even have resources for resources for patients, let alone right. healthcare workers exactly. who also needed those resources. Yeah. I think one of the more memorable memorable experiences I had working in EMS was. Um, I was on a shift with one of my partners who I really liked to work with. He was, you know, he was always like a very happy dude. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working with him. This was like in January or something. All of a sudden we, we finished the call at the hospital and he, he tells me, he said, Hey, look, uh, I, I got to go back. I was like, what do you mean? We're, we're not even halfway done with our shift. Mm-hmm. He said, well, my dad's really sick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what happened? And he said, well, my dad got COVID associated pulmonary embolism, which basically is medical. It's a medical saying for, you know, his dad got COVID and then had a blood clot in his right. lung. You know, they, the doctors are saying he wouldn't survive the night. And I, I, I think, you know, what, what really made the story heartbreaking was the fact that um, my colleague had gotten COVID on the job and had given COVID to his family mm-hmm. um, because Quarantine is difficult, you know, for yeah. a lot of folks yeah. who work in EMS. Um, right. I mean, Swati can hear this. She worked in EMS too. The pay is shit. Mm-hmm. Pay is yeah. shit. It's dog shit, right? You get paid fifteen hours, fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you work for a nine one one service, you work for a private service. It's slightly better. They pay you maybe seventeen, eighteen, but it's it's bad pay. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're working in LA County. You know, you're barely, that's you barely making rent. You're barely yeah. making rent. Right. And you might have roommates too. So, you know, he obviously was living at home. Mm. It was just so sad because it's like, you know, with everything that had been happening with us being so far in COVID, you'd think there was better prevention measures, right? right? Better ways of keeping, you know, healthcare workers safe from COVID associated infections. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like breaks my heart to think, you know, that because he was doing, you know, sacrificing right. himself to help other people, he got his family sick and 
his right. dad actually um, ended up passing away a few days later because of COVID. Hmm. That's all to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to discourage right, any, right, any right. pre-meds who are listening to this at all, but I think it's really important to um, highlight, you know, the reasons for going into healthcare um, mm. and kind of like highlight the challenges of, of healthcare in general mm. um, or going into medicine because it's, you know, a lot of it is really happy. A lot of it is helping people get through some of the hardest times of their life, mm-hmm. right? Like being mm-hmm. able to treat some of their illness or whatnot is something that's really rewarding. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes we don't talk enough about, you know, how much of a mental toll that can have also making it known that it's okay to not always be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's okay to like be vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and, and seek help. Right. Because I think all too often it's really easy to kind of brush mental health under the table. Yeah. Um, you know, cause everyone in medicine, like they expect you to go through something traumatic literally every day, go right. through something traumatic exactly. and be okay. In yep. the next 20 minutes, see something, see someone pat, literally pass away or die or expire in the mm-hmm. emergency room and then literally move on to yeah. the next bay and be like, okay, you know, you're a new patient. It's a new, it's a new chart. Right. You know, let's, let's start over. Right. You know, Swati, I think with your experience in the ED, I'm sure, you know, you, you've seen cases like that where you have a level one trauma coming, you have a very high QED case, um, where it's very traumatic, maybe it's a kid, maybe it's a child, maybe it's, you know, someone's mom, someone's dad, someone's grandkids, someone's grandparents. And, you know, you see, you see such a traumatic setting and then you have to go back to your normal life. Um, and all of that with very minimal help and very, very minimal, I guess, check-ins, you know, yeah. and I think, and I think that's probably why I like focus so much on mental health advocacy right. when I was in college, because, you know, I, I think a lot of what happens in medicines, you know, it's not all roses and rainbows. Yeah. I mean, seen a lot, you know, yeah, probably definitely, I, I want to say seen so much because, right. you know, I've, I'm only just very much starting off. Um, right. I'm still just the second year. I haven't really, haven't even really like started actually working in the hospital yet. Mm. Um, cause we have our first two years are like didactics and just mm-hmm. classroom work and things like that. All like really boring stuff. Yeah. You know, we're getting there. We're getting mm-hmm. to a point, you know, I think, you know, very, very, very soon I'll be able to start doing my rotations, which I'm really mm-hmm. excited about. I mean, right mm-hmm. now it's just a lot of studying. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, worrying about exams, which uh, I really want to be over, you know, like my, my least favorite thing is standardized testing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've hated, I've hated standardized testing ever yeah. since the SAT. That's when yeah. I actually found out it was really shit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got very below average on my SAT, mm-hmm. um, which is why I took the ACT. Mm-hmm. Probably studied for that test for four years. Wow. <laughs> Not even a lie. I studied for that. Yeah. Studied for four years. I started studying for those exams in seventh grade. Um, because Duke University, I don't know if you've heard, Duke University had this thing called Duke Tip, which is like, it was like the talent program for like folks who wanted to take the SAT early. Good thing I did, because mm. it showed how like, how badly I did on standardized testing. Mm. NAMCAT, you know, also I took twice. Um, and, you know, the one exam I hope I don't have to take twice is the step exam, because if <laughs> I take that twice, there's no coming back to that. Mm. Yeah. Step was also the medical licensing exam. Mm-hmm. So I have to take that at the end of this year. But, you know, so far, I think 
kind of turn it, turning it to a brighter <laughs> note. Med school has been definitely a lot of fun. It's mm. been it's been an eye opening experience. I've never mm. learned so much in one day. Literally, mm. never learned so much in one day. I think. <laughs> Literally the first day of med school, I learned more in that one day than I did in the whole week of biochemistry in college. <laughs> Seriously, it was yeah, like yeah. crazy. Like, literally learned like pH curves, Michaela uh, Henderson Hospital, all that bullshit chemistry <laughs> crap, all in one day. And I was like, this is so much. Um, and second year starting, it's even more. Right. It's even more. And at a certain point, you're like, how do you fit all this information into your head? Yeah. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Still trying to figure that one out. But I think I think at this point, you know, we're all kind of getting, kind of trying to get used to it. Um, trying to be a mentor to the new first years that are coming mm-hmm. in. Maybe maybe Swati will be my mentee one day. Maybe she'll <laughs> come to my med school. I know she's oh, yeah. like, nah, I don't want to go back to Chicago. Not after that racist ass incident. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but yeah, I mean, if you're interested in medicine, if you're really thinking of it as a passion, I think go for it, mm. right? Like, if you truly want to be a doctor, don't be afraid of failure. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because you know, I've definitely failed. I've definitely failed in my life. Mm. Um, I've definitely, I've had bad grades. Mm. I've been there. Yeah, you know, a lot of people can't say that. A lot of people can't say they've had bad grades and been there. So are you shaking your head at me like I've never You've had not bad, had grades, bad grades. You maybe I've got had, a B. No, in med school I've had bad grades. Med school is different. But I've had bad med grades. School, you had good grades. I've actually, I've actually. I think if anyone should be school. talking about bad grades, I should. It should be me. Why are we competing here? This yeah. is a competition. <laughs> we, we we ain't gotta bring up you know the resumes against each other, but you know the 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 uh, the um. What was I going to say? The point here is you know it's okay to like fail right right it's okay to like mess up Mm -hmm. you know not do your best but i think i think the most the most important thing to remember is you know you can't learn without failing right like you'll never be able to forward and advance your knowledge or skills without first getting knocked out right everybody will get knocked down at some point in Mm. your life you know regardless Mm. of how perfect someone's life may seem regardless of how smart someone may seem right they will fail at one thing or another because we're all human. Hmm. And that's just, we learn through failures. If you never fail, you never learn. Um, and I really agree with that because every time I've, you know, not gotten something I've wanted, not gotten something that I feel like I deserved, you know, I've learned something from it. And hmm. maybe the whole idea of one door closes, another one opens, right? Hmm. I think for a lot of people going through the cycle, I think a big thing for a lot of people is not you know, getting into medical school, mm-hmm. right? The first yeah. time applying. Um, I think, you know, that's like a very, it's a very discouraging thing. I can just, I, obviously, you know, I, I got in my first time, very blessed to have gotten in my first time applying. But, you know, I think, you know, going through that is, is so difficult, right? Yeah. Like I can't even imagine going through that whole application process a second time. I think it's a learning process. It's a learning experience because, you know, that happens to you and you know how to improve your application and you know how to like go forward from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also gain more life experience. What's what's to say is even if you find yourself knocked down, even if you feel like, you know, it's kind of hopeless because maybe you got that C or maybe you failed mm-hmm. that math class or maybe you failed that biochem class, right? Like it's okay, right? Because 
what what schools look at is surely you as a whole yeah. or at least certain schools look at that there, there are med schools I, I will admit there are med schools who look more right. solely into clinical research mm-hmm. you know crap like that but there are a lot of schools like Loyola for example is very 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 holistic mm. um, and I know that because you know I, I help review some of the applications mm. and you know me and a lot of my friends are on some of the admissions committees mm-hmm. honestly me as an interviewer I can't even see you know a lot of your grades I can't really even see your MCAT score mm-hmm. so what I really have in front of me is you who right. are you as a person right, right? like why do you want to come here I don't, now I feel like I'm a preacher, like some pre-med <laughs> guru or something. I'm really not. But I, I, but I, I think there's so many, I meet so many med students who just sound so fake, Yeah. you know, and that's not, that's not the, you know, I'm not trying to bash on anyone, but there's so many people who like, you know, I talk to them, right? Like about medicine and I talk to them about why they want to go into med school. And I feel like I'm getting a recorded response, you know, like one of those yeah. voicemails that you get after you've, you know, someone's missed your call. It's like, hi, my name is so-and-so and and I want to do medicine because A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and these are all the things that I have to prove it because the evidence lies below. And it's like, bro, you just wrote a whole ass thesis for me, right? Like, I don't (laughs) want your thesis. I want your story, right? Like, I want to know why you are who you are. I want to know why Mm. you want to do medicine. That's literally the biggest. There are no other interview tips. If I how to give one interview tip or one tip for any pre-med it's just be yourself mm. right and not just be yourself in the conventional sense right. or the cheesy sense or because everyone hears that be yourself but really really like don't write anything down don't record anything right just look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself well how the fuck do i want to do medicine right like, <laughs> why do i want to sacrifice yeah, yeah. my right. life to help save someone else's yeah. you know why am i so passionate about this Right. And really find it in yourself mm-hmm. and really dig deep because I swear to God, if I listen to someone else, tell me, you know, about how their parents were doctors or how mm-hmm. they saw someone go into the hospital or how they shadowed. What, it's like, no, like, I want to know why you want to be a doctor. I don't know right. why someone else was a doctor and why you thought mm-hmm. that was cool. I want to know why you want to be a physician mm-hmm. and why being a physician is something that you want to make a, be a lifelong achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's really, that's really it, right? Like mm-hmm. none of that recorded bull crap, none of that prepared, none of those prepared statements, right? Yeah, none yeah. of those, mm-hmm. you know, I want like a, a thoughtful, like honest and to the heart answer, genuine answer, because mm-hmm. too often, dude, too often, I think, and even in med school, they, they always let a few slip every year. You can tell, <laughs> you know, some, some of these, some of these med students, they ain't genuine. Yeah, no, yeah. they're. You know, they're like, oh, you know, I said this in an interview. And I'm like, really? Because <laughs> you're doing something else. Everyone, like, like, I'll give an example. Everyone says they want to do primary care. Mm-hmm. Everyone, their mom will tell you that they want to do primary care. Literally. Swati's like, no, 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 not me. <laughs> everyone, their, I will tell you right now, everyone and their mom says they want to do primary care. Everyone and their mom says they want to work in a rural area. Mm-hmm. Everyone and their... I'm probably maybe guilty of saying that on a few apps. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Everyone, their mom wants to say they want to help the homeless. They want to, they want to help advance and cl- you right. know, close the gaps of health inequities. But very, very, very few people truly want to do that. Very, mm-hmm. Even less people can show that they've been able to right. do that. Yeah. Um, because a lot of medicine is about putting what sounds good out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like kind of the culture that needs to change. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the culture of 
not failing, being perfect, and being always stable mind minded, and not ever having problems. Not having <laughs> problems. That's like the biggest bullshit that you ever hear.、Sorry. If a med student tells you they've never had problems, they're lying. Yeah, they're lying to your fucking face. If a med student tells you that med school is easy, they're bullshitting. Maybe <laughs> there's like two or three people out of like hundreds and thousands of med students that think it's easy because、mm. they're geniuses. They're just savants or yeah, something yeah. like that. But、I'll, I guarantee you, most normal and regular med students will struggle because、mm. it's okay to struggle. They're、yeah. telling you they're not struggling; they're just fronting. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent fronting. <laughs> they're just fronting, you know.、Um, And I think it's 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 good to acknowledge that. But sorry,、mm. I've I've been rambling no, for、okay. so long. It's a, it's a full、Look、circle. Look at the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But what a full circle, you know, moment because you're talking about how like you know coming to that realization of like. Especially, maybe not when something traumatic happens, or but like when you fail and like maybe you've done it for the first time, you don't know how to handle yourself, you know, because、right. like you've been told your whole life, like oh you can't fail, otherwise like you're fucked.、Mm -hmm. So you fail for the first、yeah. time, and then you just assume like your life is over at that point. But Swati, what's uh what's your perspective on maybe maybe not the whole process of applications because I know that's uh not a fun thing to talk about for you, but maybe like what you're. Work is like in a in an ED where you know you kind of, you kind of go through those things that Jimmy was talking about. I mean, I don't have too much to add to what Jimmy has to say because I think him and I have like pretty identical、mm -hmm. um, mentalities about medicine in general. Yeah, and I think like one thing for me, one reason why I like working in the emergency department a lot is like, and I think why Jimmy was talking about he likes EM too is you see every type of person. Come to the ED.、Mm -hmm. We have this like saying that oh, the ED is like the dumping ground、yeah. for、mm -hmm. medicine, and that's kind of like a crass way of saying it. But if you work a day there, you'll understand why、mm -hmm. that's exactly the truth.、Yeah. We can't reject people. We can't turn people away. So every problem comes to the emergency department, whether or not that's what we're there for. Right. And a lot of times that means we can't meet people's expectations. I'm saying we like I'm a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but I'm saying like. A lot of times we can't meet patients' expectations,、mm -hmm. and when that happens, it becomes visible to them that there are problems with our healthcare system.、Mm -hmm. Something that should be treated by their primary care doctor has gone untreated for months, and all of a sudden they come to the emergency department and they have an infected diabetic ulcer. Now it's infecting their bone, and all of a sudden they're going to be an amputee.、Mm -hmm. That's not something that should have ever come to our ED in the first place because it's something that should have been managed long term, right? right. But if you're uninsured or there's a language barrier, it's difficult for you to set up primary care, and there are all these things that happen. And、mm. I think EM is a good place for you to see all of those gaps because、mm. you meet all types of people. You see people come from everywhere with、mm -hmm. all types of problems.、Um, that's also why. I mean, I haven't had too much exposure to other specialties. I've like shadowed a couple other specialties, but I think that's another reason that makes EM so hard. Because you're devoting your life to this, to this field of medicine, and all、right. of a sudden you're seeing all the ugly sides of it. Yeah. And what Jimmy said is exactly correct. I think right now there's very much a culture of like, let's talk about all the good things we're doing and sweep everything else under the rug. Especially、mm -hmm. when it comes to mental health, like I see all the time when we can't, we do something in or like one thing that's really common in the ED is we're not really there to diagnose. People.、Mm -hmm. That's more of what specialists are for, or primary care providers. The ED is more for like, kind of diagnosing, 
um, I don't know what the term is for it, but you're just trying to rule out life-threatening things, Mm -hmm. right? Just managing Um, your condition, basically. You're managing your symptoms. Mm. Yeah, because that's what our specialty is about. It's making sure that nobody is dying. Yeah. But a lot of times we can't actually diagnose people. We're like, oh, you have chest pain. Okay, you're not having a heart attack. You don't have a pulmonary embolism. Mm -hmm. You're like, you don't have any scary things. We need this bed for someone else who might be coming in for a heart attack or one of these three things. So you're not going to die today. And there's a very low percentage you're going to die in the next 30 days from this. And people will be like, oh, what's my diagnosis though? Like what is causing my pain? And we have like slap on diagnoses like, oh, costochondritis, which is like muscular chest pain. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, this is anxiety. Your heart Mm -hmm. rate spiked because of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is a big one. We use that a lot. Anxiety is a big thing. And it's kind of like medical gaslighting almost, Mm -hmm. especially for people who get to the point where they're so scared and so sick that they come to the emergency department Mm -hmm. only to be told that their symptoms are being caused Mm -hmm. by anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who come to the ED because they actually have anxiety. It's actually like a huge, like it's, it causes major disturbances in their life Mm -hmm. and they get shit on for using the ED as like, why are you using the ED for anxiety? Go to your psychiatrist kind of thing. Mm. So I think like the important thing in our generation of like future physicians is to not hide these things under the rug, like talking about things that are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's our job to like, look at all the things that are wrong or all the things that can be improved Mm -hmm. and tried. It's not, it's not like a bad thing. I think especially with COVID, like all of these things are highlighted. It's, I think that, now we have like the responsibility of trying to repair those things. Yeah. So it's definitely difficult. But like Jimmy said, I think there's a lot of like, especially with social media these days, so much of what goes online about like pre-meds and stuff like that is just really filtered. You either see the really highs or the really lows. Mm-hmm. But from my experience, don't, at least. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to just say, don't look at Reddit. Reddit <laughs> oh, yeah. Sucks. Don't don't go, don't go on our Reddit, medical even... school sucks dick. Our pre-med sucks dick. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. Don't look at it. It's going to make you depressed. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. SDN. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The SDN's the worst offender. Sorry. Continue. I just had to say that. Yeah. I think um, like what Jimmy said, like you shouldn't look at one person's experience and let that define what your like pre-med journey is going to be. Right. I'm still applying to medical school. I don't plan on quitting anytime soon because I know that that's what I want to do. There might be people who get into medical school right away. And if you fall somewhere in between those two things, that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Or it doesn't mean you should look at my perspective or Jimmy's perspective or someone else's and thought like, Oh, why am I not doing that? Mm. Or why is my journey not like that? Right. Well, it does sound like the both of you will turn out to be very good doctors. Um, Trun and I really don't have anything to say. Um. <laughs> I feel like that was like, I feel like what you guys said was, you know, very catered towards pre-med and yeah. medical students in general. But I think the lessons you guys are saying, like, for example, be yourself and be confident and trust in yourself that you can yeah. achieve whatever you want. I think that applies to absolutely everything. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to end considering we started with a lot of degenerate shit, but now we brought it back all together. <laughs> it was a lot of degenerate shit. Yeah, yeah. We never told the story about Jimmy falling asleep at the red light. <laughs> Do you want to tell that? Nah, Jimmy? that's for next episode. I actually <laughs> got. He's get, like, that's after back, I graduate. Get, school. <laughs> that's after. You know what? 
that's um when I you know don't have an exam on Friday type of thing. Oh, <laughs> mm. just kidding. Ooh, okay. <laughs> just but kidding. Next Monday, but <laughs> it's still close. Anyway, uh, we do want to thank Swati and Jimmy for coming on. Is there anything you guys want to say before you guys head out? Thank you for having me. Honestly, um, this is a very unique experience. I've never done a podcast before. You know, really enjoyed it. So, you know, everyone out there who's listening, like, enjoy your life and work hard. Nice. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I think Jimmy just re-inspired me. I'm waiting for his next TED talk. <laughs> oh wait, do you wanna do you wanna um, put your Instagram and stuff, Jimmy? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if any of y'all wanna hit the follow button. Just came out. Sound like a YouTuber. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Instagram, if you, all the single ladies. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, 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 applications no, no, no. over there. Hey, actually, no, no, no. I don't do that. Um, if you if you need help with med school, we'll package it. Like oh, that. You oh. Need help with if you need a, if you need a mentor, yeah, he's got a PhD. If you know what I mean. Yes, sir. That sounds makes it sound way worse than what it is. Yeah, my my handles Jimmy Zhao one two three. Okay, well, it'll be in our in our episode title and in the description of our Instagram post. Uh, but Swati, is there anything you would like to say before you go? No, I don't really use social media, so no. I mean, just I not not about street. that. Oh. Not about that. Just like in general, anything you want to say. Oh no, I'm good. <laughs> Great. I don't know what to say. You know what to say? I don't know what to say. Okay. Well, we do appreciate okay. both of you coming on. Uh, Oh, yeah, I appreciate you guys and stuff. Yeah, whatever. Um, So (laughs) if you guys enjoyed what you heard, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your uh, podcasts from. We will be moving to the blockchain soon. Uh, uh, OnlyFans. It's been a popular popular request. Um, I don't know what else we got out here. Uh, Fox Sports. Oh, if you want to see Jimmy's toes, like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, ring the bell, but only on Spotify, for sure. (laughs) we have a deal with HelloFresh coming soon you'll see us on the boxes mm, with yes all the ingredients yes we'll teach you how to make rigatoni we'll teach you how to make hot what? pot cal- caterpillars anyway yeah uh you can catch us on instagram <laughs> at an interesting discussion we have tons of our our posts over there we got uh videos we got guest posts we got quotes we got tons of fun shit over there i'm rambling on It's time to end episode. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Summer Sessions, and we will catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.